This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. Good morning, dear friends. Next week, we will be continuing our uh, regular series through the book of Acts. And um, this morning, I, however, just felt God wants to encourage us uh, in this new year. Um, and we'll be looking at the, uh, pretty much the book of Philippians. It'll just be one, two, skip a few all the way through. But it's going to be a shotgun approach, okay? Sometimes we just do a laser beam onto a verse or a word. Um, this morning, a bit of a shotgun approach to godly living, pursuing God, godly character, godly priorities in this new year. Uh, Philippians is one of my favorite books because uh, Paul, who's the author, he's not needing to rebuke anyone, correct anyone, lambaste anyone. He can just lovingly encourage, and it feels like that's what God wants to do for us this morning. So let's read a few passages together, and, and our first encouragement in this new year is out of Philippians 1. Um, the scriptures will be behind me. I do want to encourage you. Such a lovely book. Have a read. You can get through it in about 20 minutes if you just do one big long sitting, which is nothing. Go for it. Brilliant book. So Philippians 1 verse 6 being, I put that the ing in brackets because you'll see why soon, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. No matter where you find yourself in your journey of faith this morning, in Christ it is Jesus' firm commitment to carry it on to completion. And I want to start there this morning. So what does it mean? Well, it, it, it means ultimate completion, ultimate holiness, ultimate perfection. That's what Jesus' game is. That's what His goal is with us and in us. And He will bring it to perfection and completion. On the day when he returns is the day that that'll happen, when he who is complete and holy and perfect brings our bodies and our minds in line with that, the spiritual identity which he's given us. And then at that moment, the identity of being holy, perfect, and complete, perfect, will be in line with our bodies as well, and we'll know it and feel it and experience that. This opening encouragement by Paul, it shouldn't be a weight on our shoulders. It's rather the firing of a starting gun that somehow sets us free. It releases us to pursue this completion, this holiness, this perfection of God without the weight of needing to earn it. Because we are confident in this. 
that he who has started it will bring it to completion, and that the life and death and resurrection of Jesus in our place is sufficient. God first, what a place to start in 2023. And I want to encourage you now, would you turn to a neighbor, your neighbor, right, just someone around you, and say those words. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. Would you turn to somebody and just speak that, pray that, encourage them with that wonderful truth? Love it. Brilliant. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. Mm. Because everything else we're going to say this morning is built on that understanding, that it is not in our strength or our ability or our willpower, but it is he who will bring it to completion the good work that He has started in us. Amen? Amen. Secondly, this year, verse 9, we start. And this is my prayer, says Paul, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. And I so appreciate how Paul says that love is not a feeling, because otherwise those of us who don't feel the love would be disqualified from this. Our love our love for God, our love for one another, our love for purity, our love for righteousness, love comes from what? Well, this verse says, a growing knowledge and insight uh, and depth of insight of Christ. That's where our love is based in. And we understand this instinctively, don't we? Because uh, spending time around the dinner table, either when you were a, a, a youngster or with your uh, youngsters now, and we're, we're chatting, we're discussing, we're sharing, we're hanging out, we're hearing mature thoughts on things, hopefully. Um, we're defining family culture and a way of doing things. And it instills in our children and in us when we were children a greater and greater ability to discern what is best and what is pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And so it is with us in our Christian lives, is not? God, first, we're going to be making loads of big asks of one another in this next year, this morning as well. And here's the first one. Let's, let's read the Bible daily in 2023. Because the most impacting way that God puts Himself in us and continues the work that He has begun in us and disciples us to discern what is best 
and pure and blameless is through reading and applying His Word. In 2023, mm, to help us to keep growing in our love and our discipline of reading and applying the Bible, we're going to offer a few things. As of today, on the website, there is a 19-day Bible study uh, on that, that's linked to the Bible app, which we've often used over the last years, and it's called How to Read the Bible. Okay, don't be put off by this. It do, it's not a Mickey Mouse um, uh, Bible plan. It's a brilliant one to help kickstart our discipline, our love for the Scriptures, but it, it takes us deeper because it has great tools in understanding the genres of the Bible, the narrative types, how to read different sections of the Bible within context, lots of brilliant little tools. There are Scriptures and videos. It's fantastic. A great way to get into the Bible in 2023. And it's 19 days, just long enough to start building a habit, which is great. I don't think that's just by accident. And everything else that we'll be doing in the year, whether it's series based on a book, whether we're going to do lots of great initiatives, it'll all be based around the Word of God. So having that love and understanding of the different little nuanced things, man, that can only serve us so well. And we're excited to follow up this study at some point with a week in the Word again. <coughs> Do, how many of you remember Week in the Word some years ago? Some of you would be, man, that, wasn't that brilliant where we spent big chunks of time reading big chunks of Scripture? We like read through the whole book of Mark in one evening and all in groups, and it's just mind-blowingly awesome. We're going to be doing that sort of stuff again in this year. And this Bible study will so help us in our appreciation as we do that. And we're equally excited again. We'll do a week of prayer at some point in this next year. Again, based around the Word and applying and understanding the Scriptures, and we'll have such a precious time of speaking to God and hearing from God and being encouraged and led. Have you ever been surprised that you don't get apple juice out of squashing oranges? Duh. Yes, of course not. But, you know, when we pray, we don't just make stuff up out of thin air, do we? Sometimes it might feel like that, particularly if someone's like a really great prayer. It just feels like, whoa, they're just making the stuff up. It's awesome. No, actually, we often, most often, pray God's Word back to Him when we pray. As the Spirit speaks and leads us and brings words that we've read to life, we pray them back. The Bible and the Holy Spirit work hand in glove to bring us the language of prayer and the framework of prayer. And within the Scriptures, we get the confidence, the reason why we can pray to God and expect Him to hear and listen and respond. Do you struggle to pray out loud? Do you struggle to pray? Full stop, question mark. Allow the Word of God in this year to flow into you more freely. Have the 
the rhythms, the, the disciplines, the mechanisms in place to help that process of feeding your soul and your spirit with the living Word of God. And it will flow naturally out in prayer. You will find the freedom and the joy in that so much more. And I pray that for us in 2023. I'm so excited that the love of God will abound more and more in us as we give ourselves to the Word of God and to prayer in this year. Third encouragement out of Philippians. In this new year, chapter 2, we read, Therefore, if you have any encouragements from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, says Paul, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And Paul's point here is that if you are enjoying Jesus on your own, and if you've been in living and thriving under His encouragements on your own, and if you are being comforted and the Spirit is at, at work in your life, on your own, that is brilliant. But you're probably still paddling in the shallow end of the pool. The real purpose and power of God's work in His people is that we may share it with one another in community. Community, communal unity. Us together, together. It's a beautiful word. Being like-minded, same love, one in spirit, one in mind. And these encouragements of Paul can only be lived out in community. Sundays are great. Hey? Poof, yes, obviously. We love Sundays. They're essential. We worship together. We read. We learn. We commit ourselves into the grace of God together. We're going to have communion together later as well, as we almost always do. It's right and good and fitting and proper that we gather. The people of God have always gathered. And by God's grace, they will always continue to gather so publicly and openly like we do today. But Sundays largely are high-level corporate discipleship times with the aim of being equipped for kingdom kind of perspective, kingdom thinking, kingdom living, sort of speaking, giving us all a big overview of how we want to do it together and live it together as ever-growing disciples and disciple-makers. Again, Sundays are lovely because we get to see one another from a distance and that sort of warm wink, the Bluetooth high-fives across the room. These are awesome. But it's not the place where we turn learning and knowledge into doing, is it? And this is why our G1Cs, our God-first communities, are the next essential part of learning to swim deeper into, uh, in the deeper end of the pool. Even Jesus <laughs> spent the vast majority of his time with his 12. There's something in that. In our G1Cs, we make friends. 
These are small groups where we make friends. We learn to trust. We learn to be accountable to others. And we start the process of applying what we learn together on Sundays. And in our G1Cs, we turn our learning and our knowledge into actually applying that knowledge. There are multiple one another's in Scripture. Most of them are for the, the family of believers. Many of them are for outsiders, those who do not yet know Jesus. In our G1Cs, we learn to do the one anothering that Jesus and the Gospels and the Scriptures encourage us to do. Again, using Jesus' model, he, he didn't stop at the 12. That wasn't the sort of pinnacle of his ministry model. He had the three, Peter, James, and John. And again, we don't just blindly do it because Jesus did it, but actually there is real method in his madness, seemingly. Every person, every one of us needs a properly safe place, a properly safe place to talk our stuff. You know what I mean by our stuff. We've all got stuff. We need to get out to process. And we need brothers and sisters where we can safely, without judgment, without condemnation, but firmly they can help us through our stuff helping us apply the deep truths of the gospel. And we call these our threes, not surprisingly. <laughs> and our threes are groups of two, three, or four maximum people of the same gender, because you can't really talk your stuff with people of the other gender other than your spouse. And we do the hard work that the gospel encourages, the things that we're reading. And we often uh, read, like the daily Bible plan, we'll read that together, comment on it, encourage one another through it, bring uh, application. And it not only does that, sort of, that practice entrench the discipline of reading, but it hugely helps one another in the application of the text. We often eat together, we pray together, we cry together, we laugh together. Either way, your three tends to be probably the, the three best people who know you in church life. We don't create threes from the office side. So if you come to me and say, I want to be in a three, I'll go, yeah, go and talk to that guy or that lady, because I can't help you build a three. My encouragement is you get to know guys and gals in your G1C or in church around coffee, and you just say, hey, are you in a three yet? No. Well, how, how's about it? Because your three doesn't exist until Jesus comes back. Okay, give it a year, give it a good time, give it a term, six months, whatever. If it's not working, call it quits, move on, find another three. Because it's not about being in a three, it's about the work that's done, that Jesus and the gospel does in us through the process. So, 
In order to follow these encouragements of Paul to live in unity with one another, let us in this year commit to regularly being part of the Sunday gatherings because they are that big picture. Let's go take that ill stuff. If you're not yet in the G1C and uh, are beginning to see the blessing and the joy that can come through that, please go to the website. There are various groups that are on there. Um, we've got nine existing groups, and which is just wonderful, may I just say? Coming out of COVID to be where we are right now, yes, that is wonderful. And we've got uh, another two groups that are waiting in the wings for the chapel to become available, or at least a suitable venue to become available. We have a Slavic-speaking group, which we are very excited about, which will offer uh, a whole group of people that aren't being served particularly brilliantly at the moment with the opportunity to engage, get all of this brilliant stuff in their own language, which we are very excited about. And we have a daytime group, which we'd love to have meeting, again, in the chapel if possible, where we can offer a warm space, tea and coffee, and people to hang out with their neighbors in the neighborhood. Get people in and just start experience and encountering the love of Jesus. And this is all super exciting. And then finally, take the courageous step of asking someone that you're starting to get to know, hey, how about let's get in a three? It'll bless your socks off. And then Additional point here is, is for those who aren't yet participating members with us here at God First, I want to say, join us. Join us. Become a participating membership. We believe in membership, not because the Bible somehow speaks of membership, even though it, it intrinsically does. It doesn't say become a member. No, we don't want to build a social club. That's not why membership is an important thing. It's important because we want to grow God's kingdom influence everywhere. And the more people that are part of that mission, the bigger the kingdom impact and influence. And it's critical for us to know who's with us on the journey. As far as Scripture is concerned, if, if somebody hasn't put their hand up to say, I am following you, I don't know that I'm supposed to be leading you, and I'm not responsible for you <laughs> before God. I still love you, and I always will, but there's a distinction that comes. That's why it's such a big part of our journey together. So I want to say, come join us. The first step is to get to a Get Connected lunch. As Sarah said, next Sunday is the very first one. Please go to the website. You can go to the back chat to the guys there. Sign up for that. We want um, meal, what do we call it, uh, food options and you know, challenges that people might have so we can cater well. And that's the first step. Then we've got the participating members evening where we talk deeper stuff, a lot more about the who we are, what we are, what we believe, where we're going, how you can be part of the action. After that, you fill in an information form, not because forms are important, but because it helps us get to know one another. It helps us commit. And then there'll be a 
uh, affirming one-to-one, we call it. An affirming one-to-one, which is a meal with one of the leadership couples where you just get to hang, chat, ask any final questions, and then we'd love to get you up and pray for you and welcome you in as a participating member. And then it's all open. Game on. So the next step for many of you is that Get Connected lunch for next Saturday. Please sign up. We'd love to have you. We'd love to spend time with you there. Fourthly, in this next year, we read in chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. What a brilliant scripture. Continue to work out your salvation. Paul seems to suggest that there is work, that there are actions that are uniquely part of God's salvation story in our life, in your life. Wonderfully, again, there is freedom because we don't work for our salvation story. We work because of our salvation. I want to ask you this year to consider again, how can you bring your gifts, your training, your passions, your talents and abilities into the God-first community for God's good purposes? How? How indeed? What are you doing in your workplace? What skills do you have? that you're using there? What abilities are you functioning with there that are unique to you and God's work with you, God's equipping of you? Do you manage stuff? Do you manage a small team or a big team or yourself using your keyboard, whatever? Bring it. Maybe you've got a particular set of skills. You know if you know. (laughs) Bring it. Bring it. We've got to break the mold, church. We've got to break the mold that sitting in this room or sitting in the PAC is somehow being the pinnacle of being the faithful follower of Jesus. We've got to break that mold. We're faithful if we do the things that Jesus taught. If we work out our salvations. And this is, again, where G1 Season 3s and men's time together and ladies' times together and other great initiatives are an exciting and essential part of our journey together as we spur one another on to love and good works. As the writer of Hebrews says, honestly, Dear friends, we don't have enough people bringing their whole selves to the table. We want to structure for health and for growth at God first because it's a kingdom mandate. Go into all the world and make disciples. It's a growing, expansive mandate that the church has, and we are no different. 
and to do the work of making disciples for our kids, of one another, of reaching the lost, the hurting, and the poor, it takes all of us bringing all of ourselves to the table. Maybe we're going to plant multiple meetings at different meeting times. Wouldn't that be amazing in the future? Maybe we're going to be planting churches, different ministry initiatives, left, right, and center, the creative thoughts that we've heard around people dreaming about the the chapel building and what can be. Mm. It's an exciting year. It's an exciting year. But all of these areas of disciple-making require people who bring their whole selves. (laughs) You are not a spare. I mean, it's desperately sad to hear that that might have even been said. I have an heir and I have a spare. You are all heirs. Oh, you are all heirs. Not one of us is a spare. You are not an accident. You are not subpar. Like Tom encouraged us in in that sort of prophetic encouragement this morning. You are here because you are significant and God has chosen you to be here. To play your part. To bring your gifts and passions and your talents. The sovereign God does not make mistakes And the need in the kingdom is vast. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. It's as if Jesus knew that that would be the problem for all all time of the church. So God puts the right people, you, if you are here this morning and you increasingly are feeling God first is home, it's because God has put you here for this time to be part of this church community. On the 29th of January, uh, which is a Sunday not to be missed, please, we're going to be ordaining as uh, Adam Stanton as an elder here at the church. Come on. We read in Timothy 3 that it is a noble thing to aspire to the office of an elder. And we are genuinely excited for Adam and for us Because as Adam works out his salvation as an elder here in this church, our capacity as a church to work it all out is increased as well. Come on. And this is true of elders, but it is true of leadership at every level in our church community. You might have heard the saying, work yourself out of a job. I love that. I genuinely love that phrase, and we want that. I want, I want to work myself out of a job for two reasons. One, it creates space for others to be discipled into the stuff that I'm currently doing, who, the, who would love it and who would thrive in that position. And secondly, because it stretches me to consider how much more faithfully I can work out my salvation and everything that God has put in me. Does that sound good? 
So we don't want to build kingdoms. We're not here trying to reach the pinnacle of existence. We want to work ourselves out completely. We want to be creative. We want to keep drawing others into the things that we're doing, the things that we love and we're passionate about. We want to be drawing others in. And when the time is right, releasing them into the things that God has for them increasingly. Oh, it's exciting. Regarding Sundays, because they are essential, please, if you have kids in kids' work, once you've settled at God first, attended the, God, the Get Connected lunch, okay, the principle is that one of the parents serves on a kids' work team once a month. Initially, as a helper, no stress, no threat, no pressure, you're just helping, and then you grow into leading. We need that. If you don't have children, please get on the kids' work team. <laughs> hey, it's not just the parents that must work on kids. All of us, what a privilege to disciple our kids. The tech team, the guys who, and ladies who sit on the back Sunday after Sunday, man, they need you. The refreshments team, the welcome team, setting up and packing down, we need you. Chief stewards, mm. the band, the youth team, please, we want you, we need you, and dare I say you need us to help you work out your salvation. That's why we're a team, that's why we're a family, a community. Obviously, some of the teams have got different criteria. You don't just walk up to Andy and say, I'm here to play my trombone this morning, trombone this morning, right? No, no, it doesn't work like that. Same with the kids. There's safeguarding issues. So we don't want to be unwise, but our heart, the principle is there. Let's go for it. I love verse 14 to 16 as well of that chapter, which says, Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Sound familiar? Mm. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Part of working out our salvation is this most important element of living missionally in 2023. Shining our lights like stars in the night sky before all peoples. I mean, oh, it's so poetic. Especially those who do not yet know Jesus. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist. I heard an interesting statistic. Possibly 5% of the people in your church have the gift of evangelism. Does that let us all off the hook? Or 95% of us off the hook? No! <laughs> we are all called to make disciples and live our lives every day in a purposefully, missionally-minded way. I'd like to challenge you. One a month. One a month. Your home is a mission station. Invite one neighbor, one colleague, one friend around once a month for a meal in your mission station. Why not have someone from your three there as well or from your G1C? And all of a sudden, together, you're loving people and being missional together. 
And do you know what? Before you wipe your eyes out, the invitation to the next event, next men's or women's event, or quiz night, or your G1C, or to a Sunday will become the most natural thing. Oh, Tom's going to be there. Oh, yeah, the guy that we had dinner. Yeah, Tom. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll come then. Wow. Natural. Easy. One a month. 83% of unchurched people say they would come to church if someone just asked them. Okay, let's ask. It's not going to be weird, not cringy. We do it in the context of life and friendship. One a month. If the Son of Man, Jesus, came eating and drinking as part of His ministry, who are we to argue, right? (laughs) You know, if you've been around a little while, you know God first does everything around food. We love it. It's because it's in the Gospels. My final encouragement and prayer for us as God first from Philippians 3, verse 7, but whoever, (laughs) but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. But that which is through faith in Christ, sorry, found Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Dear friends, this is a wonderful invitation to stop looking backwards and doing U-turns. Stop fixating on the impressive things we've done in this last year or fixating on the horrible things we've done and that have happened in this last year. God thankfully knows us. He knows our humanity. And by His grace, He gives us, for our sakes, things like New Year's. I don't think it's, it's some crazy, like, heathen thing to celebrate a New Year. I think it's the grace of God for us. He gives us new years. He gives us new months, new days, new moments, every moment. To have a real significant, tangible moment, a stake in the ground, if you will, at which we can put behind the things that were, the things that we were proud of, 
that somehow exalt themselves above the grace of Jesus and the things we are desperately, desperately ashamed of that require the grace of Jesus so that we might, by His mercy and grace, know Christ and love Christ as our all-sufficient goal, our all-sufficient Savior. And this is another one of the reasons why baptism, water baptism, is so valuable as well, because it's a visible, physical, visceral, memorable moment to anchor a spiritual reality on a physical, <laughs> sorry, the other way around, to anchor a physical moment with a spiritual reality. You'll always remember the day you got cold in the water. <laughs> Dead to sin, alive to Christ. And we look forward, forgetting what's behind, we look forward because that's where the one who loves us is. Jesus alone lived perfectly, alone was sinless. He alone chose to be nailed to the cross in our place and for our sin. He alone has been raised from the dead and sits now in glory waiting for his moment of return at which he will then unveil our future spiritual realities. He alone is the ultimate prize of our faith. He alone can silence the cries of the devil that would rightly, may I say, taunt us and accuse us and condemn us. But Jesus alone, by his blood, has made peace. Peace mentally, emotionally, and spiritually between God and man. And we will come in a moment to enjoy communion together with Jesus and communion with one another. And this is another one of those no-U-turn moments where by His grace, He gives us a physical, visceral experience of His closeness, His body and His blood as we eat and we drink. And the encouragements by Paul can sound like hard work, just a list of to-dos, exhausting stuff, until we experience the ultimate satisfaction of Jesus being with us and in us and through us, living for His glory and praise, for the good of others and for our joy. Happy New Year, dear followers of Jesus. Be confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.